0: If you're seeking Biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Quasney, Husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher, join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This. Is biblical counseling today.
1: An angry child is hard to miss. He's the one screaming at the top of his lungs in Walmart when his mother refuses to buy him what he wants. She's the one who throws herself down on the floor so hard you think she must have broken her face. Or the child who stomps up the stairs and slams the door to his bedroom when he doesn't get his way. Most of our parental experiences with the angry child are pretty violent episodes. Voices raise, fists clench, veins in neck pop out, harsh words fly, and things or people potentially get hit. Things can get out of control surprisingly fast. Now while all of our children get angry from time to time, you may have one or two that get angry more quickly, stay angry longer, and are more prone to outbursts and temper tantrums. A true anger problem in childhood will not just go away on its own, or it's just a stage that your child will grow out of. It must be addressed biblically. In season one, I did an entire episode on anger problems that is highly applicable as you parent your angry child, but this particular podcast will be more specific to anger in children. Of course, if your child is angry because he or she is just emulating your anger problem, then it is essential to begin with yourself and your own anger. The Lord is potentially using your child's anger problem to grow you in grace. Or your parenting itself may be creating or contributing to an anger problem in your child. Then we have to factor in the reality that all of our children are different, have different personalities, different views of life, and are at different places in their spiritual maturity. Again, it is vital that you address your child's anger, never ignoring it, minimizing it, or just believing that it is normal for him or her. It's not because he is just tired or hungry or has a case of the grumpies. Can fatigue and food deprivation be contributing factors to the problem? Certainly, they can make the problem worse. But anger is first and foremost a heart issue that needs the work of the spirit. And by God's grace, you are called to train and discipline your child with anger issues in a way that will allow for real change. It's not just about telling Johnny to stop getting so angry. An anger problem is the open door to parent with grace and point Johnny to his Savior. So let's take some time today and dig down deep into the problem of anger in our children, seeking ways to address it biblically and in a Christ-centered way. Let's begin then with a familiar scripture passage on the subject of children and anger. Writing to the church at Ephesus, Paul instructs, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6.4 As parents, we can provoke our children to anger, and by extension have a hand in the production of angry children. How do we do that? Unfortunately, the Apostle Paul doesn't give us a top 10 list of what actions a parent may do or not do that will provoke a child to anger. We don't know exactly what he had in mind. But what we do know for sure comes by the way of the context. By contrast, Paul says that parents are not to provoke their children anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In other words, the most significant way we provoke our children to anger is by not disciplining them and by not instructing them in the Lord. To put it more bluntly, when parents refuse to say no or fail to set rules for their children or not consistently enforce them or not teach them why they must obey the Lord or not train them in godly ways, these are the main activities that will produce an angry child which is the exact opposite of what the world teaches us about angry kids. The world says that spanking a child will produce an angry child, or setting too many rules will give you an angry child, or saying no too often will produce an angry child. Today's parents are often led to believe that any form of discipline or training are the real problems and will produce a myriad of problems in our children. Will overly harsh and unloving punishment provoke our children to anger? Definitely. Will useless rules and extreme strictness that goes beyond God's word create anger in children? For sure. But loving discipline and training in grace is not an anger provoker. These parental activities are a big part of the solution to anger in children. So let's now talk about how to discipline and train the angry child. First, the temper tantrum. The young toddler temper tantrum is usually our first encounter with anger issues. You've seen it, haven't you? The yelling, stomping, kicking, throwing self on the floor with a total unwillingness to be consoled. Now, there are several factors which contribute to temper tantrums, including fatigue, stress, hunger, temperament, and developmental issues. But at the heart level, this is anger that is being expressed inappropriately as well as improperly provoked. So how do we handle this violent emotional explosion of anger biblically? Well, first, avoid the temptation to just stand back and let the temper tantrum happen and run out of steam somehow on its own. This is often the advice of parenting experts out there, like this one, quote, wait out the tantrum. Stay close to your child so she knows you're there, but don't try to reason with her or distract her. It's too late once a tantrum has started, Unquote. Well, this appears like we are to treat a tantrum like it's some sort of seizure. Just stand there and watch and wait for it to be over. This is the exact opposite of what a parent needs to do. We must avoid being passive and step in as soon as the tantrum begins. Now, let's be clear that if this temper tantrum happens in a grocery store or in some other public place, you may not be able to intervene the way you need to. But the principle here is that a temper tantrum demands your attention and your discipline, not just a passive waiting it out process. So second, stay calm and patient, restraining your own anger. It is easy to try to meet fire with fire and to use your own rage to overwhelm the child's anger forcefully grabbing the child by the arm or legs or going directly to an aggressive spanking or tongue lashing is not gracious or loving you may be embarrassed or humiliated to see your child act this way don't make it about yourself calm your own fears anxieties and anger before moving on this is especially hard if the child is older and should know better your anger will not produce the righteousness of God at this point Third, if this is a tantrum because the child has been hurt in some way or has lost something or is being mistreated by another child, offer consolation first. In other words, if this tantrum is based on grief or extreme sadness, then the child needs to be comforted first. After the emotional outburst is over, then you can talk to him about the fact that this is not a proper way to express grief or sadness. Your child still needs to be corrected, even though you can understand why he or she is upset. Fourth, if this is a tantrum based in not getting my way or plain old disobedience, then consolation and comfort is not warranted. Instead, your child needs firmness and a clear, no, this is not what we do when we're angry. Firm consequences must be delivered for the tantrum. Now, the younger the child is, the more we factor in that he or she does not know how to best handle anger or other emotions. But that's not an argument for ignoring the tantrum, but for why a child needs to be taught and trained. Whatever age a temper tantrum occurs requires parents to discipline and train. Sometimes a spanking is warranted to get the child's attention and focus. Other times, he or she will need to be held tightly to be able to settle down and focus. But then the teaching must occur in clear and firm language, like this example. Bobby, I totally understand that you are angry because you did not get your way. But you are sinning in your anger by yelling, screaming, and throwing a fit. You need to learn self-control for your anger, how to go to Jesus with your anger, and how to not sin in your anger. And I am here to teach you and help you. Fifth, give grace for the contributing factors in your child's life. Maybe your child is overtired. This is not an excuse for sinful behavior, but fatigue will certainly make emotions harder to control. Maybe your child is upset about other things and this event just triggered everything to come out. Maybe your child is really just ashamed or embarrassed. Or maybe your child is developmentally delayed in some way. These and many other contributing factors must be accounted for and talked about. This doesn't mean you don't discipline, but there must be grace applied for these situations and issues. Finally, pray with your child every time they attempt a temper tantrum. Help him or her to confess sinful anger to the Lord. Help him or her seek the Spirit's help to change the heart. Help him or her to ask for forgiveness and pray for ongoing growth and change in this area. Don't just assume a child will just grow out of temper tantrums. If left unattended, they will just morph into other anger problems in the future. And most importantly, never give in to the tantrum. Don't bribe your child out of it. Don't give your child what he wants just to make the anger subside. Don't even give in if your child is in Walmart and wants a toy. Common sense says that this just communicates to a child that if he wants something really, really badly, he just has to launch into a fit of anger. Don't reward the bad behavior. And remember, don't just ignore it either, somehow letting it run its own course. Now let's talk about rage in older children. The most obvious form of sinful anger in the older child, I would say, is rage. Rage is that violent, uncontrollable anger that is either verbal or physical or both. A child may curse or yell and scream with eyeballs popping out of his head. Or he may clench his fists, hit, punch, kick people, walls, or even himself. This is the anger that sends adults into anger management programs. So how do we handle this biblically when we see it in our children? First, you need to remain at peace yourself. This is the hardest of all the steps, I think. Anger in our children does provoke our own anger or fear or even rage. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word just stirs up anger. You must be soft in this process. You must calm your own anxious heart to be able to not escalate this situation. Second, resist the typical anger management techniques that are not rooted in scriptural truth. It will not help your child to punch on a punching bag rather than hitting the person he's angry with. It will not help to tell them to exercise violently or run around the block or scream at the top of their lungs in an open field in order to get all that bad anger out. In other words, don't encourage your child to give full vent to his anger. According to the book of Proverbs, that's what a fool does, not a wise person. Encouraging a child to get his anger out is teaching him that it is some sort of substance that needs to be vomited up. Venting anger will give way to even more anger, and it does not teach a child self-control. Third, train your child to become slow to anger. An episode of rage happens so fast, doesn't it? A child hears something said to him or has something happened to him and just sort of snaps and reacts. He needs to slow down and think about what is happening in his life. This involves a better control of emotions and a willingness to stop before reacting. Some children just appear to be more thin-skinned, more easily embarrassed or offended. Being slow to anger and slow to speak is a maturity thing and a Holy Spirit work of grace that we want our children to embrace. Start with helping them to slow down and process what is going on. Fourth, Help your child to redirect the anger to solve the problem. Rage in a child can have a strong justice element. Children who are more sensitive to injustice can become enraged when they or others have been wronged. Righteous anger is given to us by God in order to solve problems, fueling a passion for making things right. So your child needs to learn to work out a solution rather than just rage away. For example, Timmy blows up when his sister laughs about something hurtful that went on at school. He starts yelling at her and even threatens to hit her. So what's the real problem here? Is Timmy's sister being unkind? Sure she is. But does that have to provoke rage? Timmy can articulate that he is offended at her laughter. But the real problem is what happened at school that is bubbling underneath the surface. How was he hurt? He may need help resolving that problem. And then Timmy needs to learn how to respond to his sister when she is being unkind or not thoughtful toward him. His rage will only make the relationship worse, not better. So whatever the issue is, direct your child to solve the problem rather than just vent about it. This may mean he needs to pray about it or confront another person biblically or even forgive and trust God for the outcome. Fifth, A child struggling with rage needs to learn self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit and not something natural and normal to our children. So we want our children with anger problems to learn how to be led by the Spirit. But we can also talk to them in terms of how they are using anger to try to control others rather than letting God be in control and working to control what I can control. In this case, rage problems are often linked to anxiety where a child desperately wants to be in control of his world. Rage is an expression of being out of control and not liking it one bit. Direct your child to gain a better grasp of his emotions and a desire to bring them in submission to the Word of God. Sixth, don't just tell your child, stop getting so angry. This is the most tempting thing to say to our raging children, because this is really what we want, just to extinguish their rage. But this lacks true compassion or empathy for what is provoking the rage to begin with. It communicates a lack of love and concern for their pain, and it sends the message that we can just somehow flip a switch and never get angry. Does that work for you and your anger? Better to teach your child that anger is understandable, that we're all tempted to be angry at certain things and in particular places. But the Bible teaches us to not sin in our anger. And the violence of rage is definitely sin. Instead of just saying stop it, we have to teach our children what they need to start. The angry child needs to start being more others-focused instead of self-focused. The angry child needs to trust God more instead of handling things himself. The angry child needs to act in wisdom rather than act foolishly. The angry child needs to slow down and think rather than just react. The angry child often needs to start taking himself much less seriously. Finally, rage must be solved by entrusting God with our desire for revenge and payback. That's often the fuel for childhood rage, isn't it? Your child is hurt, so he wants to hurt the person or hurt him. The child feels wronged, so he wants to make it right and is frustrated when he can't. Rage is all about revenge, oftentimes. But God tells the Christian to leave vengeance to him. He will repay. Our child with a rage problem needs to trust that God will solve the problem and that he can be trusted. Letting go of rage biblically is giving self over to a sovereign God who loves us and fights for us. That's a hard lesson for even us adults to learn, but we must communicate it to our children over and over again. Now let's talk about bitterness in older children. Temper tantrums and old-fashioned rage is what we are used to labeling as anger problems in our children. But flying under the radar is the problem of bitterness. This can be expressed in one of two main ways, constant sulking or constant seething. Bitterness is that hardness of heart that comes mainly when anger is internalized, often leading in the future to depression and despair. Bitterness is often more socially acceptable because it doesn't typically involve yelling, screaming, hitting, punching walls and people, etc. Yet it is a dangerous heart problem that grows deep roots, causing division in our relationships and all sorts of other issues. So here are some ways to address the problem of the bitter child. First, get your child talking to you. Bitterness closes a person down, clams a person up. He or she feels like it's worthless to even talk about it. Now, it may seem impossible for you to get your child to open up and talk to you about what is bothering him. But be persistent, talking about how bitterness divides and how good it can be to share what's going on in our hearts. Again, you don't want to communicate that your child should just stop being bitter or just get over it or to just quit sulking so much you need to hear what's going on in their hearts and minds if you're going to be of any help to them to potentially solve the problem second you need to teach your child the 24-hour rule god's word tells us to not let the sun go down on our anger in other words we really have a day 24 hours to deal with our anger Unresolved anger day after day just festers and potentially turns to soul-killing bitterness. Sometimes your child is simply being too passive about his anger, allowing it to internalize, even becoming sinfully angry at self. Your child needs to learn how to resolve anger quickly before the sun goes down so he doesn't grow hard-hearted to a particular person or situation. Bitterness doesn't solve anything. It is actually a form of passive avoidance. Third, your child needs to learn to forgive. Bitterness is that form of anger that is most unforgiving and unmerciful. So talk a lot about forgiveness and what it really is. That it is a promise to not hold a sin against the person anymore. That it is also a promise not to talk about it to yourself or to others. And that is a promise to pursue people in love, even your enemies, even people who have hurt you in the first place. This includes praying for enemies as well. A child who has a tendency to hold tightly to resentment is not enjoying his own forgiveness in Christ. He or she is not recognizing the grace of God and offering it to others. Fourth, the bitter child needs to be given permission to express his or her emotions. Maybe your child thinks it's wrong to just rage and fight and yell. Of course it is. But unfortunately, he has come to believe that all expression of negative emotion is wrong. He needs to learn that it's okay to cry, to be upset, to become outwardly angry at times. God doesn't expect us to ignore our emotions or simply stuff them away in a locked box. So don't send the wrong message that you want your child to be happy all the time or to be only positive. Allow your child to be human and to have negative emotions. Sinful stuffing of our anger is just as wrong as uncontrolled sinful venting. Fifth, your child may need encouragement in his or her relationships. Bitterness in our children often comes from poor relationships or an unwillingness to work in difficult relationships. Maybe your child just likes to be a loner. Isn't that okay? Well, it depends. Is there bitterness in the heart? Is there self-centeredness and self-protection involved? Is there the desire to avoid hurt and pain? We'll talk more about relationships and children in another podcast. The point is that your children will not properly deal with his tendency to be bitter if he doesn't learn to be a better friend, a better sibling, even a better, better son. Don't allow your child to avoid relationships just because it is easier. Finally, don't even allow your child to withdraw from you or most certainly from Jesus. Bitterness as a problem of the heart is a spiritual problem. The bitter child who is sullen or sulky will often not even want the love of parents or think that their parents don't really love them. This is also easily injected into their relationship with God. The bitter person comes to believe that God doesn't love them either. So pursue your bitter child in love. While it may be easier to avoid him or just let him sulk in his room, don't allow that to happen. Go after him love him. If you just leave a child to herself, she will learn patterns of being an orphan in all of her important relationships. Keep pressing forward. That may get the bitterness to the surface as well when your child becomes annoyed that you keep pursuing. Remember, bitterness is an anger problem and will not resolve on its own. Give your child the opportunity to learn and to move towards Christ, not away from him. Well, Let's wrap this episode up with some additional do's and don'ts when it comes to solving your child's anger problem in the form of a top 10 list. First, don't ever forget that you are not the Holy Spirit. You cannot ultimately discipline the anger problem out of your child. He needs the work of God's grace. Second, be patient and persevere. Anger problems are not resolved quickly. Third, keep your child's anger problem before him. No, I don't mean that you shame him or call him your angry child, but you want him or her to be aware, broken by sin, and continue to go to the Lord with this problem. Fourth, don't be surprised that your child is angry. Understand what makes your child tick. Fifth, pray a lot for your child, be specific. About his anger problem. Six, trust that the Lord loves your child and will bring his discipline to bear. God will bring plenty of people and situations into his life so that he can learn to respond biblically and not simply in sinful anger. Seventh, teach your child that there is such a thing as righteous anger, even as sinners. We can learn to not sin in our anger. We can become angry at the right things in the right way. Applaud the desire for justice and righteousness. Eighth, share your own stories of anger and how you have resolved problems biblically. Ninth, talk about the righteous wrath and anger of God against sin. We should be humbled and more gracious when we learn that we don't have the same right to be angry that God does. He is perfectly angry all the time, and we are so imperfect in our anger. And then finally, point your child to his or her need for Christ, that he alone can cleanse their hearts and put their hearts at peace and rest in him. For more foundational truths about handling anger and bitterness in your child, please listen again
0: to the episode found in Season 1. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwazny. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.